0: hello this is danny ryan and welcome to the three will podcast today i have brandon holloway thanks for having me danny you're welcome i don't know why i want to start singing but i'm gonna start singing if that's okay i'm gonna sing Mm -hmm. all all my questions for you will be sung interesting (laughs) (laughs) so uh brandon helps out with our qa otherwise known as quality assurance so he makes sure that uh Everything's staying tip-top quality-wise on our projects, and so I have uh, asked him to sit down and just tell me, what does it mean to do QA on a typical three-wheel project? What does that mean to me? Uh, let's get started off with this question. When do you typically get pulled in first for the project? When what's and I'm just sort of talking about sort of generally uh, for for the typical project that you'd be a part of.
1: Right. I, I'll, I'll usually get pulled in um, at, a lot of times at the very beginning, um, even though it's it's going to be a few weeks before there's going to be any real testing, even if it's still um, in the requirements gathering or architecture phases. Sometimes, you know, it's good for me to be there because I'm still thinking in the beginning on, uh, you know, how would a user approach this, mm-hmm. which is the mindset I try to put myself into. So um, they try to involve me as early um, as early as possible that I could, you know, provide some value. So, yeah. And you usually start
0: off with taking a look at the product backlog and what the user stories are. Is that where you your first sort of thing that you interact with on the project?
1: Right, right. Um, the user stories and the product backlog, that's right. So a lot of times, uh, a, a lot of what I focus on is the acceptance criteria, okay. uh, which is not, it's, it's definitely not the only thing I, you know, thing I look at for it. But uh, like I said, I got to put myself in the user perspective and what does this story mean, um, you know, to the typical user and just figure out how to build test cases off of that. So, um, and a lot of times early in the sprints and early in the project, I can go ahead and start working on test cases based off of mainly the product backlog, um, even before, you know, well before testing is actually available. Be done.
0: So and where and then you would, as you find defects, you would log those defects to. Where is there a typical place where we're putting those defects?
1: Right. On most projects, we we'll, we use uh, we use SharePoint to. Ooh, tell, to SharePoint. So, tell me more <laughs> about
0: this. What is this? Yeah, it's this
1: it's this thing we use around here called SharePoint. You know, it's a pretty cool little application. Sounds but, fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. A lot of times, um, we just have an issues list. It's just okay. just a basic list in SharePoint that. Um, a lot of the developers will set up alerts for, so they see, they know when they when they get an issue coming across, um, they can go straight in there and work on it. And so it just probably just has, called, like,
0: a status column um, as far as what, what where, where Yeah, the you know, the, were...
1: the normal, the priority, what, what I think the priority should be, This what I think the severity should be, what mm-hmm. um, what type of issue it is, you know, that kind of thing. And, and then I'll just assign it to whoever, usually whoever um, is assigned to that particular product backlog, that mm-hmm. feature, Um that can vary, though. You know, sometimes they'll pass it to somebody else that that it, it may be a better fit to work on. But.
0: And so you know when to retest because they're updating that issue log.
1: Correct. Yeah, they're, they're, there's a few different statuses that it'll go through. You know, I, when when I first open an issue, obviously it's an open status. And then um, when the developer fixes it, it'll go with decoded status. So it's not it's not available for me to test yet. They just check their code in. Okay. And whenever they get ready for another QA deployment, um then you know they they deploy it and then it's it's in the QA environment ready to be tested. Then they'll move it to either deployed to QA or ready for QA. That there's a couple different statuses um, depending on the project.
0: So, so so a lot of our projects will have a separate QA environment that you work within. Is that correct? Yes. Is that normal?
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty normal. Um, we we've used a couple different uh, we a different cloud service one time to you know, oh jeez. <laughs>
0: Oh, host failure, host failure. Just a second. Could be anybody. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just now I'm going to shut this off. And here we go. And you were saying, sir. Yes.
1: <laughs> in the, the best case is probably um, when the actual the, the clients themselves have a QA environment, environment. set up that I can go in there and, and, and use. OK. Um, that's usually the best. Um, the best method just because it, you know, it, that's basically what they're, they're going to have their, their own UAT environment in that same environment, then onto production. I mean, everything should be similar. Mm-hmm. It should be more, you know, along the lines of how it's going to be in the real world. Now we do have, um, I have a couple of different virtual machines that I'll, you know, host some, a QA site in, Okay, um, you know. It it's just it depend depends on the project and if they have an actual QA environment for us to work on or not. So, gotcha. with what we got.
0: Yeah. So you just it depends on the project really. It it does. Yeah, yeah. And how does it work with? (coughs) Are you are you testing, um, like within the sprint cycle? Are you are you testing things that were implemented in the previous cycle and then they're doing a defect resolution or giving some capacity towards defect resolution in certain sprints or how does that all work in a
1: perfect world in a perfect world tell me this imaginary place that you call Um, the
0: perfect world
1: (coughs) excuse me so say it's a for instance we'll say a two-week sprint Uh uh-huh in a perfect world i would write my test cases um you know maybe the first week or somewhere in that time frame and Maybe the beginning of the second week of that sprint, um, all of those uh, product backlog items, those stories will be available for me to test. Okay. And I should be able to get those at least a good round of testing in within a couple days. Um, so maybe by Wednesday of the second week or so, saying assuming the sprint ends on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whatever issues come out of that, they can be working those issues and get them back to me and I can retest them and so I can get everything Closed out and uh, everything marked as tested by, by the last day or the or the day before the last day of the sprint. That's a perfect. Okay, world that's scenario. a perfect world. Okay, it doesn't always happen like that, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just a lot of lot of factors, a lot of, lot of movement going on everywhere. You know, people change priorities of stories, and mm-hmm. you know the clients involved pretty heavily in Scrum. So yeah, um, so we just adapt with it, and I adapt just like everybody else does, and uh, sometimes that means maybe a couple of product backlog items for a sprint may just be all the way pushed to the next sprint. Okay. You know, sometimes I may get them on the actual last day of the sprint and so I at least get what testing done. I can like maybe a good smoke test of the functionality or just do some ad hoc testing to hit the points that I think may be most prone to have issues. Mm-hmm. Um at least get a you know as as much done of a first round of testing as I can before beginning of the next week rolls around we have a sprint review so um Mm -hmm. and you know from there i'll clean up all the the test cases and and run the rest of the tests and everything you know it it may be into the very beginning of the next sprint Mm -hmm. but you know that 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 happens sometimes so it's not a perfect world but
0: Mm hmm and the the uh it sounds like a lot of the the type of testing that you're doing is more like the, is it more like end user testing sort of really trying to focus in on what the experience that it is. the end user would have with? Right. It? It's,
1: it's, it's pretty much all manual testing. Okay. Um, and it's mainly use cases. And <clears throat> a lot of the reason for that is, is I guess balancing a couple of different projects. You know, we have to, whatever my capacity is on a particular project, I have to kind of base my, testing scope around that capacity so yep. there's always more testing to be done you yep. can always i mean you could test forever on something and, yeah. and still not 100 percent cover everything it's just the nature of it so basically i build off of what what my capacity is for this project what we decided on with the client for this project mm-hmm. i'm going to out of that amount of hours i'm going to get the the most effective testing i can done out of that and yep. that's pretty much going to be manual use case testing um not a lot of tools involved um you Know it, it's more of a time sensitive thing, and we want to make sure we hit everything that we can from a user's perspective so that
0: gotcha. Yeah, so it sounds like you're across multiple projects. Mm-hmm. You probably have to probably coming in since we're building a lot of web based stuff, probably have to get a list of which browsers are supported, that sort of stuff right. as well. Yeah, that's another yeah.
1: big part of it. Um, yeah, sometimes there'll be a project where okay, we're, we're Internet Explorer. 10 only. Okay. And so that's, you know, that's the only browser I have to test in. But many times, um, you know, they want to support it on Chrome. They want it IE 10 and up. So which includes IE 11. And in some Mm -hmm. cases, I guess maybe Microsoft edge will start coming in. since It's a new browser. Um, Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, you know, Firefox needs to be supported, you know, so it, it just depends on the project. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times there is definitely cross browser testing and, and IE, in particular, tends to behave differently in some situations than, say, Chrome and Mozilla no. and Firefox. So, no, yeah, IE is 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 fun. So, <laughs> there's always that to to deal with. It. Why are you crying? Don't,
0: there's no need to cry. Did I bring tears to your eye? Yeah. There's don't look like tears of joy either. Uh, my eyes just water. <laughs> So tell me a couple more questions, and I'll let you go. Okay. I'll let you leave. Uh, um, the what do you find is the most challenging part of what
1: you do? Ooh, um, well, definitely one thing is that just the nature of being you know agile Scrum is that you don't get as concrete requirements yeah. to test on, which for testing is is very important. It's important for everybody on the project, but like, I base what I build in my test cases off of what is supposed to happen in these yeah. situations. So, yeah.
0: um,
1: you don't have detailed requirements, uh, very detailed requirements sometimes, you know, in in Scrum, at least in my experience. So, um, mm-hmm. that's one thing. It, it, there's a lot more interaction, you know, between myself and developers. Yeah. I ask questions, you know, we just, and I'll, that's how I like how everybody's so open here. It's just, you know, it's just easy to to get with somebody about something like that, but they definitely, I'll need things clarified and, and, you know, it, it sometimes takes a while for me to get the full picture of everything without these, you know, hard requirements mm-hmm. and everything. So, but that's mainly one of the challenges and, and, you know, and of course just time in general, mm-hmm. um, with things get pushed back, testing is at the end of everything. Yeah. So, um, yep. you know, sometimes I find myself working late on a Friday, a little bit on a weekend, which, you know, it's, not a big deal, um, but that definitely can come into play, especially later in project, Yeah, depending on what, what what needs to be put into the backlog at the last minute or taken out, or you know. So, mm-hmm.
0: I think one of the um, when we look at what makes a great QA person is they they have to um, come in and take some initiative to come into it because you're you're coming into a project and. Really trying to understand what are we trying to do for the client as well? Mm. Um, and I think you do a great job at that. From what I'm hearing from other people, you, you know, you've tested my website. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about halfway done with it. So I got you list of things. So for people who come to threewheel.com, it's half tested. Okay. <laughs> How's that make you feel? It's half tested. tested. Don't worry, I change things daily. I mean, I uh, I don't change the name of the company daily, but I do change a lot of stuff on the website daily, just to keep keep things moving. I
1: realize uh, how how much there was. It's a
0: dynamic site. It's so dynamic.
1: Pretty
0: large. Um, Easy. uh, Well, maybe it's a softball. Maybe it's not a softball question. But uh, what do you love about what you do?
1: Oh man, I I just. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like I'm a perfectionist in a way. It's uh-huh. like I like I, – I hate to say I like um, – I like kind of – it's kind of like a treasure hunt almost. It's uh-huh. like I'm trying to find – there's something in here that I'm going to find that's not doing what it's supposed <laughs> to I just like finding things like that. Yeah. Not not mistakes. That's a bad word for it. But I like finding bugs. I like finding – it's it's just like a hunt for me. You know what yeah. I mean? it's, it's Since I first started testing, I didn't even know um, – coming out of college with my degree I I didn't, didn't even know there was like a you know profession software yeah. tester or whatever yeah. and had a have a cousin that that did that at another at a company back in Columbus and um I was like man this sounds like something right up my alley and yeah. I started doing it and I, I I love it I mean it's just like you never know what you're going to come across and yep. you know working with with great developers obviously helps a lot because sometimes uh, you know, in the past, like other jobs, sometimes you don't have developers that are very willing to, um, you know, sometimes I'm going to look at QA as, oh, that guy, you know, my uh-huh. nemesis. And, uh-huh. you know, it's not like that here. And it's, you know, everybody's on the same team. And it's, you know, it's great. Well, it's, I've, uh, I heard
0: within the past week, like Eric was talking about how much he appreciates what you do and how he feels better after you've tested something. And so it, it's it's wonderful having you around to do that. And it's a, you're an important part of each, you know, each one of our projects. So, and I love it that you love to do treasure. It is treasure hunting, right? You're <laughs> yeah, trying to go yeah, and figure out. It is. I think of fun. another way to put it. I guess, no, it's, but, that's yeah, a great it's, analogy. It's a wonderful analogy. And it's, uh you know, you're trying to go in and figure out what are the, and what are the important, you know, when talking about treasure, what are, what are the big things that might, we might have overseen as a developer. Or,
1: right. And because a lot of times, you know, I have to put myself in the. Into the client, into the end user's shoes. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. I'm thinking, what would a user do here? What would you know? Is this look right to the user's perspective? And just given that mm-hmm. that whole side of things is, uh, you know, is, is, I like it.
0: We love having you here too, because you th- we can really think through the what from somebody from Alabama would do. Here we go with this. Again. <laughs> Okay, for those, it's not an inside joke. He's from Phoenix City, Alabama. Yes, he's representing Alabama in the Three Wheel Family. We have, we are, we have, we now not have like school. a Southeast. Not the school, of Alabama. It's not the school. No, yeah, let's get that team straight. To, team I'm team. sorry, you're representing the state of Alabama. <clears throat> We'll say that, yeah. The school of Auburn. Auburn. Jeez, oh, there's too many of you guys around here. Why don't you go hang out with your other Auburn friends and get a get the heck out of here. <laughs> okay, that's the <laughs> end know, of this. You know, you that's the end of us. this episode. You know you Let's get out of here. Yeah, I'm gonna kick the. Uh, <laughs> here's where I kick the uh, microphone over and like get out of here. Slam the door.
1: Well, you, you, y'all are the guys hiring the Auburn folks.
0: You know what I mean, <laughs> that should tell you something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh, well. Well, with that, I think we'll wrap up this episode. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Brandon, thank you for your time. Thank you. Go get back to testing and go back for your, you've got a long ride home yeah. from here. You're heading, gonna hours. head home a couple uh, hours, okay? To
1: Alabama. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just test this like you were someone from Alabama. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you for spending your time here, Brandon. Thanks. Uh-huh. Take care. Bye bye.